This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. And today, we have some new Patreon members to welcome to the club. Rosemary, Sarah, Brianne, thank you guys so much for joining us. And we have had some interesting content over on Patreon lately. <laughs> Would you like to explain, Sarah? I mean, we're living through a Maddie Healy renaissance on the internet right now. So, of course, Jenna and I had to react, <laughs> reflect, <laughs> discuss if you will, because it's honestly jarring how quickly Maddie Healy replaced Harry Styles in the forefront of my mind. <laughs> Which we are, in fact, getting into at the end of this episode today. Yes. Um, but our Maddie Healy episode was more dissecting, is he actually problematic? Yeah. Because everyone on the internet seems to say so. But we look at things a little bit closer. We discuss his recent interviews. And honestly, the episode turned out a lot like our Harry Styles episode. And I was like, this could have maybe just been a regular <laughs> episode. <laughs> but it's all about the 1975 and Maddie Healy. So if you guys are interested... All of that is on patreon.com slash name three songs. But today we are doing our end of year episode. So Sarah, do you want to give us an overview of what we're getting into? So this year's end of year episode is an interesting one because last year we thankfully got to celebrate a lot of really high highs for women in music. And that was really exciting for us because I feel like a lot of the times we're talking about the dark side of media and this end of year breakdown look at episode we are revisiting like these kind of dark themes that have circulated throughout pop culture and throughout media and just like throughout every type of online discourse that have been happening. And when Jenna and I were kind of looking and collecting the ideas and the articles about things that have happened over the year to figure out what to talk about today, we realized that there were a lot of really fucked up overarching themes. And compared to last year, this year's main theme that we notice is like online hate specifically directed towards women specifically directed towards tearing them down and not believing them and deciding that people are unlikable for really minute silly reasons and just kind of making excuses to hate on women obviously there have been other overarching themes that we're also going to visit today as jenna said we're going to be talking about some white boy of the month discourse and the it boy factor of tiktok and just like you know some other some other tidbits that happened over the year but 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 before we get serious jenna i do need to ask you did you have a favorite pop culture moment this year I feel like I can't remember anything that happened before October, but in <laughs> preparation for this, I did scroll back entirely through my Twitter, and BTS at the Grammys was a huge moment, like a huge yes. moment that we cannot forget, because it was one of the first real times we've had a boy band perform at Grammys, like, ever, and they did not win an award, but they were, like, the third performance, they were sitting right in front, they had lots of, like, artist interactions, and it felt like a very, like, well 
welcoming experience for them, especially because BTS also announced their break this year. Um, and as of recording, one of the members, Jin, has just enlisted in military this week. Crazy year for BTS. But like, I feel like they were acknowledged more in like a positive yeah. way than ever yeah, before. Yeah, and they had some they had some really cool artist collabs like uh especially anderson pock like he he did like a session with a live session with them drumming on one of their songs and then two of the members have put out solo albums this year and rm the leader of bts just put out his solo album and anderson pock is on there erica badu's on there mahali is on there wow. so a lot of really cool western artists also collaborated in addition to korean artists on his solo album so overall i think very different year for bts but very positive and impactful that's really cool. I love that. Do you have a favorite moment of the year? Uh, the Matt Smith Renaissance, thanks to <laughs> <laughs> being in House of the Dragon. Definitely a I personal think, highlight for me. <laughs> didn't you get famous <laughs> on TikTok for talking specifically about the Matt Smith Renaissance? Yes, I did. I did. I had a video, a couple videos go very viral of me just being absolutely feral over Matt Smith. Um, Guys, if you don't know, Sarah has, uh, <laughs> she's running her personal TikTok now too. Um, so if you want additional pop culture nonsense and a uh, discourse on hands, <laughs> find Sarah's personal TikTok. Yeah, my personal TikTok is mainly just me fangirling because I figured it would probably be better to separate that from me. <laughs> from our name three songs account because you know but yeah i feel like the matt smith renaissance and like the don't worry darling drama of it all uh yeah. took up most of my headspace all uh, i but, remember from but, this but matt year smith is, was fun <laughs> all i remember from this year was harry styles tour don't worry darling in 1975 tour that's all i remember yeah i'm like what the fuck happened before harry styles went on tour <laughs> like what what were we thinking about what were we doing what were we discussing i have no, no idea. idea no fucking clue <laughs> but i will say one of the most like honestly when we were brainstorming this year in review one of the like the first thing that popped into my head was the Depp herd trial yeah and the episode we did with asia romano honestly one of the most important episodes we did the whole year yeah um and so we felt like this was right to kick it off with this and talk about how these themes of not believing women have just been overarching throughout this year yeah and like i feel like sometimes when i talk to people in my life who are like less dialed into pop culture stuff and i and but they'll ask me about like the podcast and what we're discussing and that kind of stuff and like they'll be like oh yeah i heard about this and they always kind of have the like surface level understanding of what's going on and have the surface level response to what's going on which is a lot of like well i can see it from both sides yeah which i'm just like come on like all my friends are smarter than this <laughs> Like, they should be, like, like, I just feel like people should be looking a bit more into things. I understand that people don't have the time. But it's also then my response to them when they say, like, oh, well, like, I can understand, like, both discussions about this. And it's like, okay, but you saying that makes me feel like you don't understand the real world implications of yeah. this pop culture moment. And a I lot agree. of the times the response will be, why would a pop culture moment have real world implications? And I'm like what the fuck are you oh. talking about but i think that that's the issue is that a lot of people don't realize until it's too late 
how these pop culture moments do have real life implications and you don't even realize until like years later when you're like on netflix or whatever and you turn on some documentary about a murder trial and then it's like britney spears oh yeah or even yeah even like the britney spears conservatorships documentaries and like all these things where you rewatch later and you're like oh shit i as just like somebody who is surface level digesting news and media had something to do with this but Mm. i think it's even more so when you do see like a documentary about like a murder case or a missing persons case or whatever and these are like quote-unquote normal people that something bad happened to and it's like something bad happened to them because somebody saw a movie or somebody like a sports team lost or whatever the case is you know and like there there are these things that are seeping in where it's like oh well OJ Simpson got away with it, so why couldn't I? Or whatever the case is, and people don't realize that people kind of see what's going on with celebrities and then take that into their own life, and they're like, how do I use what I've learned through this like really publicized trial or case or whatever and use it for my own good? Use it to like discredit somebody or whatever the case is. And so that's why... These things have real life implications because also it like causes fear. And I think that that's a lot of what our thought process is towards the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp case and like their relationship and everything around it is like the fact that everybody took a libel trial and turned it into a domestic abuse trial when it wasn't. We're going to see a lot of women not coming forward, going forward because of the fear that that this would have instilled in them. All of this is really relevant with what we're seeing right now with the trial of the state of California versus Tory Lanez, in which Megan Thee Stallion is a witness. She's not directly suing him. The state of California is taking a case against him, and he was charged with assault with a semi-automatic handgun, carrying a loaded, unregistered firearm in a vehicle, and discharging a firearm with gross negligence. Megan Thee Stallion is a witness in this case, mm-hmm. and a lot of people online and this is this has been going on because this happened in October 2020 when this incident happened. And so there's been a lot of tweets going on of people not believing Megan Thee Stallion. Very, very recently, Drake putting out basically a diss track not mm-hmm. believing Megan Thee Stallion when like there's literal evidence, there's literal photographic evidence that she was shot in the foot. And it's honestly just gross and disgusting that people are making this case against her. And now because of the trial, people are trying to use her sexuality against her. Basically being like, well, she, she asked for it, blah, 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 blah. Like she's a whore anyways. Like saying again gross things about her when that has nothing to do with this trial and she is a witness testifying what happened in the scenario in which allegedly she was shot and i think this is a good time to point out allegedly she was shot because allegedly she was shot by tori lanes we do know that she was shot she has fragments yeah. in her foot but allegedly it was by tori lanes because this is what they're deciding in court right now um and that's not to say that it didn't happen it's just that technically this is what we have to say in order to not be sued this is an important distinguishing factor to make because a lot of people online don't know how the courts work and don't know how journalism works and honestly i yep. personally have learned a lot of this from sarah educating me on this topic but point being is that a lot of people on the internet don't know what's going on with this trial they're just bad mouthing megan the stallion because mm-hmm. they can and that's not what this is about but i on the other side of it i have seen a lot more people actually standing up for megan calling things out mm-hmm. than we did with the amber Heard trial yeah and i think in a way also though like the realization that people had the months following the amber Heard johnny depp case in the states yeah 
of realizing of of those fans paying money to unseal documents realizing that johnny depp really was pretty guilty and doing a lot of really shitty things on top of that just like the realization that like okay maybe i just had a bias against amber heard because like she reminded me of xyz or whatever the case is i think also in that way a lot of people are regretting the stance that they took there and rather yeah. than and obviously like this is just my speculation my opinion but it seems like there were a lot of people who had been very verbal anti-amber her during that case didn't necessarily pedal back while all the pedaling back was happening over the last like two ish two three months but now are standing up for another woman and it's like okay that's interesting to see and it's like okay yeah this is again me speculating but it just feels a bit like i'm glad that they're standing up for megan the stallion i'm glad that they're like viewing it from that perspective but also it's like how how has your tune changed so much to like now this victim of abuse is somebody that you're like oh i believe it's it's just like i don't know it just pisses me off well i think also with the situation with megan from the get-go a lot more of it was presented online yeah true whereas the the amber heard case like this was like a op-ed she wrote from like what 2018 yeah it was like a while ago and amber heard isn't an a-list star in the way that megan the stallion is a lot of people love and adore her music and so i think and because she she has been tweeting so much about it since it's happened and she's been on instagram live talking about it she did a rolling stone cover interview like she's been talking about a lot i think a lot more people are just in general aware of what's going on whereas the amber heard depth trial a lot of people just had no idea what was going on and didn't want to get involved with it because like court proceedings i think that's a really good point of like megan had kind of but also i i think it also had a lot to do with like megan's education and megan's understanding of how black women are treated in media and all this stuff for her to know she's done a lot of advocacy already yeah it's like i need to advocate for myself i need to advocate for others like i do not want this to happen to other black women and also at the same time she's like i need to create a paper trail as much as i possibly can yeah she's been smart as an advocate for telling her story everything she's had to gone go through um losing like her parents her grandmother going through this and it's not without her own struggles i mean this is like a very kind of dark quote but on the stand she said i can't even be happy i can't hold conversations with people for a long time i don't feel like i want to be on this (laughs) earth i wish he would have just shot and killed me if i knew i would have to go through this torture that's just so very dark and it's just it's so fucked up because it's just like she doesn't deserve to be treated like no this. yeah nobody deserves to be treated that way especially when you've been through something traumatizing that was like completely not your fault and the media just keeps putting out more and more articles about these things and that honestly ties in the Meghan markle of it all on top of it where it's like this woman fell in love with somebody that's all she did and the british media were just like wow now we can say we're racist with our whole chests and they just they did just that and they tore her down constantly nobody was protecting her harry was trying to but also i just finished their six-part netflix documentary series and it's really interesting because i have seen some like really fucking tone deaf discourse around this and people being like i don't understand why harry didn't prepare her for blah blah like i don't understand why megan's making light of this and it's like prepare her but also he grew up his whole entire life around people of the same 
obviously not the same, but like of high status in English culture. And so they all kind of know how to act around like royalty or rich people or whatever. And it's like Megan was on a cable TV, like a cable channel television show for years. And like, I think maybe did some Hallmark movies and also was like really into activism. Like what the fuck does she know about the posh life and times of a British fancy man? Nothing. But like when everybody Harry's ever dated before or like been friends with understands how these things work in his mind, he's not going to be like, oh, yes, you must curtsy when you meet my grandma, because everybody knows you're supposed to curtsy when you meet the queen. But Megan doesn't know that. I don't even think I would have known that. Why would any average American who's like doesn't come from money or whatever think that, oh, I'm meeting somebody who, yes, she's royal, but I'm meeting her in privacy why would you have to curtsy and like and and so i i completely understand where she's coming from but all these articles and everything are tearing her down and she had the same response where it's like the stress was so bad on her that she literally had a miscarriage and she wanted to die and it's so upsetting because it's like the same thing with Bang of the Stallion. It's like she thought that she and Tory Lanez were friends. She thought they were close. She thought that they had a relationship. And next thing you know, he allegedly is shooting her for like some dumbass reason. It's like the middle of the night. <laughs> and like she has to live with not only the physical pain of that for forever, because that's like not something you just recover from overnight, but she has to live through the emotional trauma of that happening, plus the media campaign. And then you also... And just the general internet campaign. Yeah, and the internet campaign. And the other male rapper campaign. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's so many levels to it. And it's so crazy that, like, something that there is tangible proof happened that that happened to her of like she got shot she was hurt and like people are still just like oh i I believe him it's like okay so then how the fuck does she have bullets in her feet so something that i want to get at with all of this is that it feels like there's been a backpedaling of feminism Mm -hmm. and this also ties into don't worry darling we can tie this into don't worry darling because of fans hating on olivia yeah but I honestly feel like a lot of this backlash, especially, especially with Johnny Depp, and I think this is happening with Tory Lanez too, of backlash from the Me Too movement. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of men were getting called out for things that, the more severe ones, Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, like these were very obvious, like they raped people. But I think there's a lot of blurry lines in between where like men taking advances and like not getting consent but like mm-hmm. them being like i didn't know i was supposed to get consent but the real thing is they've just always acted this way and nobody's ever told them they're not supposed to act this way because yeah. they're not being a decent human being so i think a lot of men were having this reality check of like oh shit like have i been doing things in my life that i didn't know were bad because nobody ever told me they were bad yeah and then it's like cancel culture which like yes cancel culture is real because like ryan adams literally just disappeared off the face of the planet when like all of that came out with him and so i do think there's cancel culture where there's not accountability there's you are not allowed to ever say anything again or ever have a career because of everything bad that you did and there's no accountability or the flip of it is they get off fine and nothing ever like the johnny depp case they get off fine their career is unaffected whatsoever and so there's no like in between ground like we don't know as a society we don't know as a society how to have an in-between grounds of accountability and being like you did this wrong this was fucked up like you need to figure out your shit in your life and help other people 
figure out this so that they don't have to go through this. But I think there was a lot of backlash of men being like, people are getting, we're getting canceled for absolutely no reason. And therefore women are the literal devil. And I think there's a lot of women growing and learning and seeing and wanting to speak out or not like in the Amber Heard case, she didn't even name Johnny Depp. She just said that she was a victim of domestic abuse. Yeah. And so it's like there's this there's this backlash and like doubling down on women who are speaking out. And I think with all that being said as well, like we need to acknowledge like the conversation that we had with Asia Romano when she came on our podcast to talk about specifically the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp case and like how it's going to like have effects going forward on pop culture and the real world is that we were seeing these these conversations where it was kind of just like a conservative misinformation campaign about Amber Heard and all of this. And a lot of it was because the conservative party and like conservative pundits on TV or whatever saw this case and were like, ah, yes, this is going to deflate the Me Too balloon because Me Too ruined our lives and now men can't hug their colleagues at the office anymore. And that that was like, (laughs) which just like sounds so unhinged to say, but like a lot of it really is just like, see, Me Too is bullshit. And this one fucking case proves it because Johnny Depp is a Disney character we all love. And and so that was... the really interesting part to like dive into more with Asia because it was something that like I knew from reading and also from listening to like Michael Hobbs who's one of our favorite journalists and podcasters and like his take on the her depth trial but it's just like the the understanding the wrapping your head around this thing where if something feels like it's presented to you too perfectly like it's tied up in a nice little ribbon there's probably some weird conservative men on the internet who have like created some (laughs) who've created some like powerpoint to be like okay here's how we get from a to z without people questioning us even though we've just created a QAnon level conspiracy theory about this thing. Cause like they're I just think... like presenting a package to be like, see, this is a man you like and care about. Let's believe him to take away from women's forward momentum in proving that men are trash. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it was Michael Hobbs, but I can't remember if it was somebody else, was saying that the alt-right, 
Yes. And again, we talked about this with Asia of like, it is the extreme alt right, except it's kind of mainstream now. So it's not very yeah. extreme alt right anymore. They're very good at organizing and they've like figured out a system of how to disseminate this misogyny, blame yeah. misogyny. And the left, and this is what I, I, th- I think it was Michael Hobbs was saying, was the left or like the liberal or progressive side hasn't really figured out how to organize, yeah. hasn't really figured out how to have these like defense campaigns yeah. or even proactive offense campaigns and i think that like this is part of why we're seeing so much overwhelming hatred online on all across all platforms but especially on twitter is that the left side just doesn't know how to like stand up against this yeah and i think also something that we touched on when we talked with asia is that it felt very much like the left the like especially in in regards to heard in depth was that they were like oh this is a pop culture thing we don't need to be reporting on this like why why should we be talking about this but the more like fox news and like tucker carlson types were talking about it then all of a sudden the like quote-unquote mainstream media outside of like tabloids feel need to respond because if they don't then that's silly but like they don't have enough information. They haven't had enough time to work towards it because they're like, this isn't what we're supposed to be reporting on. Cause it's not really, it's nonsense. It's just like a pop culture trial. That's not, shouldn't be anybody's business. Sarah, um, <laughs> you just got done saying that. Of course there are real life implications for pop culture. No, no, no. I know but I'm saying. Like the real, in the like, mind of journalists, in, in, the, in the mind of like CNN or whatever, they're just like, we shouldn't be talking about this. This is like an E news thing. Like this yeah, isn't our wheelhouse. This isn't what we should be talking about. Cause obviously like people spend so much time paying attention to pop culture, but usually you're going to always find the pop culture news, the pop culture information happening on very specific websites and very specific news channels and from very specific people. But when the right is using it and viewing it as like, this is real heartbreaking news that we need to be talking about. This is our main story. Then all of a sudden, these people who don't pay attention to pop culture all of a sudden have to respond. And then that's when you see people who you're like, wait, I thought you were more liberal being like, yeah. well, they both seem like bad people. I feel and like, like this is like a, did you do new, I feel no like, research? <laughs> I feel like this is a perfect parallel for the bipartisan US government of Republicans versus Democrats. Yeah. Because there's like the right wing Republicans or the Tea Party people who are like very, very, very extremely right. Yeah. And then the Democrats, the Democrats are just like, oh, well, I guess there's nothing we can do about it. And then there's, like, a very small percentage of people who are, like, actual progressives. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's literally what the news is like, is that the right is so ridiculously far right at this point that they've just, like, banded together as crazy, insane people that they are. And there's so many levels to what the Democratic Party is and the Democratic news system is and all of this stuff that, like nobody can ever agree so rather than <laughs> just maybe listening to somebody more progressive or whatever like the one colleague who's like no we should take this seriously they're just like well is this really our problem yeah exactly which yeah. is like you're not ne- we're never gonna solve anything and we're just gonna find ourselves in worse and worse shit if the answer keeps being well is this really our problem or well i can see it from both sides and that's exactly what i mean about the left side not being good at organizing because there's so many people who are very moderate who are like liberal quote-unquote liberal but like actually just moderate to the point that they don't care yeah which doesn't help the cause but i think on top of seeing this backlash of me too and this kind of like 
men jumping on the anti-feminism train, we've for some reason also seen a lot of women kind of taking a step back on the feminism. Yeah. Weirdly. And I think, you know, as I mentioned, Don't Worry Darling earlier, I think that's part of it, of it's like fandom being like, no, we hate Olivia, Harry is ours. Yeah. But then there's like this whole weird trend of pick me girls happening on TikTok and like the vanilla sex trend and like the the bimbo in a like, I just want to be a trophy wife kind of thing. Yeah. And like, I don't know where this is coming from. I feel like we've, as a society, have just become way too online, like as a whole. And I think it a lot of it has to do with like the pandemic and being stuck inside and like craving closeness and all of that. And I think that while some of us have grown in that time, I think a lot of people have accidentally taken steps back by finding themselves following somebody on the internet that they think is a feminist or that they think is progressive, but really they're like using progressive talking points to bring us back to like Stepford Wife era of things by kind of just like, I don't even know how to explain it. But I think like you were saying, like the Don't Worry Darling drama of it all, I think is like a very good example of like the layers to this of we're back to pitting two women against each other without really knowing what was happening. We're back to hating on somebody because they're dating a man that we have a crush on. We're back to all of these things. And no matter what people say, being like, well, Olivia is problematic. It's like, I can name at least 10 male directors who are more problematic than Olivia Wilde. Yeah. And they're not getting anywhere. And they're not getting anywhere near as much hate or the fear of their careers ending or feeling like they need to go on a redemption press tour or anything like that. And people are like, oh, well, she was friends with Harvey Weinstein, blah, blah. It's like, unfortunately, sometimes you need to be friends with bad people in order to keep yourself safe. But also like, who fucking knows if she was taken advantage of by him? We don't know because some people didn't come forward during his trials because they didn't have to like want to or could or whatever the case is. I mean, is this where the pick me girl of it all comes in? Because it's like she's with or like Harry's with Olivia. Like she's not shit. Like she's problematic. Like she's this, she's that. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm so much better. Is that where we're getting this pick me energy? Well, the really interesting thing when you look at it in the regards to like, oh, why is Harry dating her? Blah, blah, blah. Is that when Harry was with Camille Rowe, everybody hated Camille and everybody is like, she changes her accent depending on where she is. Like she's not really French or whatever nonsense they were spewing about her. And the second she's no longer in the picture, they're like, I got the Camille Rowe haircut. I got this shirt that Camille was wearing in this one interview she did. Wow. She was so cool and interesting. It's like, Oh, all of a sudden you're her biggest fucking fan because she fucked Harry Styles for like three years and is no longer fucking him. It's just so unhinged how people keep doing that where again it's just like the pitting women against women for no reason it's like i'm sure that camille has absolutely no problem that harry had a new girlfriend like i'm sure she has no qualms with olivia wilde i'm also sure based off of harry's song lyrics that he cheated on her with like at least three other women like (laughs) like let's let's be fucking for real right now you know It's just so unhinged, like the level of apologists a lot of people have become for men that they stand, whether that be Harry Styles or Johnny Depp or Tory Lanez or whomever mm. it is. And it's really weird seeing these discourses on TikTok, like Jenna was saying, of just this like new version of pick me girl energy 
where it's like a new iteration of cool girl or whatever the case is of like the vanilla like oh like you're you're gonna be thinking of me when you're having sex with your vanilla wife and it's like yeah he married her like why the fuck would he think of you like i'm sure that's not like i'm sure he's enjoying whatever it is he's doing on top of that it's like the the other trends that i've been seeing a lot of people stitching these videos from this one girl who is like why don't you ask him about his work wife? Do you even know she exists? She knows about you. It's like, of course she fucking knows about you. Your hair's a we- real fucking wife. Like, <laughs> or girlfriend or whatever. And then that same girl made another video being like, your boyfriend doesn't like your friends. Like, he doesn't want to hang out with them. Stop forcing him to hang out with your friends. And it's like, if if a guy I'm dating doesn't like my friends and, like, refuses to ever hang out with them, I'd be like, how can you possibly like me my yeah. friends are just better versions of me. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand why all this is happening. I don't get it because it's kind of like this backhanded agreeance with what the men are doing. They're saying the, these things as if they're warning women, but what they're really doing is validating the men's behavior by putting it out there and being like you should just be understanding of this because they're not saying with their chest like you should just understand that your boyfriend's never gonna like your friends or that your boyfriend's a hundred percent or your boyfriend or husband is a hundred percent going to have a work wife or whatever the case is and it's like how about just have fucking boundaries with men that you're not in a relationship with and how about you don't make men think that it's acceptable to just like have emotional affairs and like not like women yeah i mean well this well this is the whole thing that we've discussed before of like men can't respect a woman and also be attracted to her it's the whole virgin whore trope yeah. it's like they can only be attracted or respect them not both but i'm just like trying to figure out like what is the catalyst for all of this of like women agreeing with this without like saying they're agreeing with it because on the men's side it makes sense with all this me too backlash i just like genuinely can't think of like why so i don't obviously have an answer like a hard and true answer. I have an opinion that I think, which I think is that we talk about this all the time of like having to unlearn misogyny, having to unlearn all of the patriarchal nonsense that we've been inadvertently taught or purposely taught throughout our lives. And I think that there are still a lot of women who haven't dealt with that battle yet they haven't faced it and i think that they might take like baby steps towards like having female friends and like that sort of thing but unfortunately i think that with the way that tiktok works is that if these women start seeing too many videos of men with a podcast mic or men going and doing those like on the street interviews asking women fucking aggressive weird questions or whatever i think that the little monster in the back of their head that's telling them like all women are my enemy all women are going to try and steal my man blah blah like i think that that monster is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because they're seeing men that they might find attractive or that they might think are smart or educated or whatever the case is saying these things and having the other men in the room being like oh yeah bro you you know you understand like you get it and they're like oh shit like this is a room of like five men that like i would want to hook up with or whatever like all saying that women are boring and that we have no use so how do how do i get them to pick me and so it is at the end of the day just like that i want those men to pick me vibes but these women are like how do i say this without 
automatically becoming every other woman's enemy. And so it feels like they're using the guise of feminism to talk about their not feminists thinking. Well, I think so actually, as you were talking, like this kind of occurred to me and my builds on what you're saying, which is that because there's like a subset, there's a subset of women, there's some women who like aren't on the full feminist train, as you said. And because of that, they see the women who are on the full feminist train, who are speaking up, who are advocating for their own rights, who are standing up for Megan Thee Stallion and Amber Heard. And they're seeing that and they're going, you're ruining everything we have. This is this is like the parallel for Don't Worry Darling, where Alice Florence's character is like, don't you see what's happening? And like, we're all trapped. And then uh olivia who plays bunny is like i know i chose to be here like this is what it feels like is happening of and i don't even know all of these women like realize this is what they're doing but it's just like women who are speaking out and advocating for themselves are ruining the lives the comfortable lives that we have where we don't have to really do very much and therefore they are the enemy and therefore this is their anti-feminist rhetoric my brain this is, is this is why this is why they're being pick me girls is it's because it's like they can see that the men aren't attracted to that because men can't have it both ways and so then then they're like well i'll be an anti-feminist like i'll be i'll do i'll be subservient i'll do everything you want because then you will find me attractive and then you will pick me jenna you're so smart that was so hot you guys i i just solved all the world's problems also, i jenna, answered my own question jenna in like five seconds made don't worry darling a feminist film <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe it. Olivia Wilde cut her a check. So basically, they're seeing people like Amber Heard, and they're going, this isn't what I stand for. This isn't what I represent. She's mm. not being a good woman. Yeah. And they're like, I'm not like that. Yeah. It is pick me. It's pick me against progressive feminists. And it's terrifying when you put it that way, because on on top of all of that, women are choosing to turn a blind eye to men's bad behavior. And that's terrifying because I feel like before all of this, before the internet, before all the online discourse, whatever the case is, it was like if a man was hurting a woman that they were in a relationship with, it's like the woman's afraid to leave because the man has all the money, the man has a career, the man has the power, and also he might kill her. And while her friends want to help her escape, they know that if they do the man could come after them or it could make their life worse and all these things because men had all the power but as women have gained more power and like have been able to be more independent from men there's now this thing where these women want and it feels so fucking shitty to have to like talk negatively about women in general like to talk about any woman ever but like seeing these women just blindly support johnny depp was honestly like the most painful months of my life on tiktok like watching these women make excuses for him and stand up for him because i'm just like what if this was a man that you knew? What if this was like your friend's husband? What if this was your friend's boyfriend? Would you turn a blind eye because you like him? Because he like is fun at a barbecue? Like, would you just ignore it? Because you're just like, if I don't ignore this, will I be able to keep a man myself? And it just fucks with my brain so much that women can have that mindset after... Yeah after so much history of the horrible abuse that like women faced in relationships when like they couldn't have bank accounts without being married, you know, like yeah. they couldn't have anything without a man signing off on it. And now that we don't need that anymore and seeing women still be like, Oh, 
but I like him. Like, it just hurt. It well, ju- it's just so yeah. painful. I mean, this isn't. This is very in line with the whole trophy wife trend that we also saw this year. Of yeah. like, even that sound that's like, I don't know what's going on, and I don't want to know. Which honestly, like, is a funny sound and was used for lots of like yeah comically good videos but like at the core of it going along with like this like trophy wife idea of it's like why would i have to work if i could just marry a rich man and not have to ever do anything ever again yeah and then it's just like but at what cost this is wild this is honestly wild we're seeing like all this backlash and i think it's been so subtle and it's been so here and there and there that like until we've done this episode at least sarah and i maybe you guys listening like we haven't put this together as like a big picture thing yeah and i think it's because we like look at things so specifically like moment to moment for like the greater discussion of it all that it's like hard to notice consistent trends until you look at everything all over you know because i feel like the focus is always on like one specific or like a couple specific like trending videos on tiktok and like one specific big thing happening in pop culture and then something else big happens and you kind of forget the other thing that was happening because like trend cycles and news cycles are moving so fast that it's so hard to really tie themes in together so i just feel like with how quickly the news cycle and the trend cycle move it's hard to see like overarching themes within pop culture until you look at everything in like a timeline of things where like truly this past year we have not had a single moment of rest where a woman wasn't being torn to shreds in the media for or online for one reason or another and it's been a lot of just like why would she do that like how dare she blah 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 and it's a lot of false narratives and a lot of just misunderstanding and like misplaced anger towards women which is just really scary to think about like how this can go moving forward especially when like we're seeing the likes of Andrew Tate and like Elon Musk coming and taking over Twitter and giving back airspace to horrible men who hate everybody who's not like them and so it's just a scary thing where like I'm even seeing teachers on TikTok talking about how male students in like middle and high school are not respecting them because they're yeah. like well andrew tate and ben shapiro told me not yeah. to listen to women because women shouldn't even be teaching they should be in the house yeah it's terrifying it's honestly terrifying the society we live in today a lot of this definitely tie back to the trump era which yeah. we're still very much living in like that is still a reality yeah i mean like it is it is really terrifying and i feel like there's just like a lot of not obvious backwards momentum towards a lot of like the forward momentum that we had prior to trump being in office and prior to like the right wing feeling very emboldened and also with the right wing becoming more emboldened this the internet being way more filled with conspiracy theories and like people not really realizing that a fan theory or something that they care about could be misconstrued or viewed as a conspiracy theory, so to speak, which could lead you down the wrong, the wrong path on the internet. The amount of different sorts of discourse happening online right now is honestly amusing and terrifying, depending on which side of the internet you are on. Because I'll be scrolling through TikTok and there'll be these videos like I already said, of like this pick me girl energy or these men with microphones and then a woman that I trust online bashing them and being like, do you even think 
But then also half of my For You page on TikTok is taken up with women just thirsting over the most unexpected white boys. And it's just so interesting to see how a social media app run by mainly normal everyday content creators, like not famous people, just like normal people who people liked and started following online and how they're setting trends and how that is affecting who we're obsessing over online and how, <laughs> and how like the tastemakers once again are just fangirls at the end of the day. And I'm loving what's happening. We've been seeing a really new and interesting trend when it comes to like the it boy, white boy of the month theme that always happens within pop culture with TikTok is we're getting so much more access to especially musicians than we've ever, ever had before. Because yeah. like when movies or TV shows or whatever come out, it's like those visuals are available to every fan for those fans to make fan cams and edits and etc. Whereas when artists would go on tour, like people weren't taking videos and posting them as accessibly as they are now with TikTok. Yeah. Where our yeah. whole entire brains are filled with these musicians saying like being cute and whatever every single night for a whole fucking tour. And so yeah. we've seen this really interesting trend of like white boys of the month lasting longer than a month. And also white boys of the month being band guys or musicians because we have more access to them and because they have to entertain crowds every single night. And we're also, we're also because of that, seeing a fangirl's taste evolve in what they're looking for in a front man of a band. And it's very interesting to see what people are craving from these white boys of the month. And so we're going to talk about this a little bit now. I just think it's wild that Harry Styles was literally dominating the entire ether and all of our brains for like the entire pandemic <laughs> and then suddenly the 1975 put out a record and started touring and our entire timelines and brains switched from harry styles to maddie healy so quickly well not to be so black and white about it but i feel like us women are like way more intellectually stimulated than we want to admit to ourselves that we are and so harry styles is like cheeky and you mean by maddie healy I just mean, like, fully in general. Like, we need intellectual stimulation on top of, like, them being cute and funny and, like, doing a little dancey dance. Like, looks and and vibes only get you so far. Like, we need our men to be, esoteric, like, a little esoteric, I think. I think this um, is just a Sarah Fig and TED Talk of Harry Styles as heir and Maddie Healy as a philosopher. I think it's also based off of the fact that a 20-something-year-old woman in the pandemic started an app for audio porn and this past year 69 million minutes of audio porn has been listened to on this app that she made and she was on the forbes 30 under 30 list so i feel like it says something about women that they would rather listen to audio porn than like watch porn and i feel like harry hmm. styles is watching porn and maddie healy is listening to porn <laughs> oh my god I'm just simplifying I was not expecting that. I'm simplifying it. Yeah. I just, it, it is wild that from Tumblr days, I don't even remember having this much access to 
concerts, I feel like people would upload like gifts of like a, like something they said or something like that with like the text at the bottom. And so we did get in comparison crumbs. Like everyone knew if something crazy happened. Everyone knew like what was it Liam like falling on stage or like Harry almost catching on fire yeah. like stuff like this. Like we all knew happened. But like with TikTok, it's just like and I think Harry Styles is such a big example because he toured all of 2021 and he's been touring all of 2022 and the 1975 just started touring in October November. But it is wild like how much more we're seeing on TikTok where it's like I feel like if I missed the show, like if I wasn't able to go, I wouldn't feel like I was really missing out because I can see everything on TikTok. Literally though, like you don't miss a minute. And I think that that's also in a way partly why a percentage of the hairy girlies on TikTok pivoted to Maddie Healy is because obviously prior to TikTok people were posting videos from concerts to their Instagram stories, sometimes videos on their grid and like videos would circulate on Twitter, but like you would never see as much as you do on TikTok because TikTok's like, oh, you like three live Harry Styles videos? Let me show you a thousand of them. And I feel like in that sense, it's like you get the serotonin because obviously, of course you do. He's cute and talented and like doing his little cheeky things on stage or whatever. But I think also after a certain point in time, you start to realize that like the Harry Styles show is the same, almost the same script every single night. And you're like, he's yeah. not giving me anything new or exciting. Yeah. Like uh, he's keeps wearing stupid fits. Like the most exciting uh. thing that's happened is like, he's just getting more and more jacked, which also yes. like, I don't necessarily know if being that jacked is like, uh, something that a lot of Harry Styles fans are usually into because he's never been a muscle bro before. Yeah. So I, 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 I mean, think that I there's the kind most, of like the boredom of like repetition too. The most variation would be him reading the fan signs. Yeah, but and they're all then, like, it's always lot, like, oh, the a short, signs are the same. like no short kings in here. It's always yeah. the same. It's always like the same sort of vibes. Whereas Maddie Healy is giving us auto-tune serotonin every night. <laughs> auto-tune voice <laughs> commentary i mean i think it makes sense why there was a switch from harry styles to maddie healy because so like i mean if we think about peak 2014 peak 1975 peak harry styles yeah. like in the tumblr era that was every like i literally had a blog dedicated to the two of them and so it's almost like like reliving all of this at the same time i think there's a lot of nostalgia in quote-unquote post-pandemic like wanting to relive simpler times and Harry Styles and Maddie Healy being two figures of 2014 when quote unquote mm. things are simpler Obama was still in office like the world didn't feel so bleak like we yeah. didn't just lose two years of our lives yeah and so I think that definitely makes sense as far as like this whole resurgence of white boy of the month I think also though like I mean the white boy of the month never really disappeared but it was always kind of like a rotating cast of the same white men. Um, it was like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, it was always. But it, yeah, like it was, who it, else? It, it was always like actors and like Logan Lerman, Dylan O'Brien. Like yeah, those. it was a lot of actors yeah. until this year. It feels yeah. like, and that's like what I was saying earlier about how it's always been easy for an actor to be the white boy of the month because you have the red carpet photos, you have the like the film stills, you can screen record your netflix account and like make fan edits of moments from the film you know like it's a lot easier to like create content 
from a visual medium than it is from concert stuff because again like prior to tiktok we weren't like trading and sharing as much live music content as we are now but also i do think it's interesting how you're saying like the two main ones being harry and maddie is interesting because of like it being nostalgia of a better quote-unquote time because the other like musician white boys of the month like the it boys that we've had have been very like flash in the pan kind of moments of like jack harlow and then people got annoyed with jack harlow or like the three seconds everybody was like obsessed with young gravy or like joshua bassett had like a moment and like you're seeing like these people have like their tiny little moments but like nobody could ever overshadow Harry Styles until Maddie Healy showed up back on the scene. (laughs) I mean, it's honestly really funny to think about in this context. I'm also thinking about like, and this was even like 2013 maybe, but that photo of One Direction in the studio with Maddie Healy and Pete Wentz and then Maddie Healy going on the Nick Grimshaw BBC One radio, Radio One show and having to prank call Harry Styles (laughs) and ask him for 5,000 pounds. Yeah. I personally will never forget this pop culture era. I live and breathe for it. I have (laughs) photos saved of like a party where Nick Grimshaw is DJing. Maddie Healy's in there. Maddie Healy, Ellie Gold, and Taylor Swift are in the photo with Nick Grimshaw and Carly Kloss is in the background. Literal literal icon, (laughs) legendary moment etched into the sky forever. And so in that regard, I'm like, is Maddie Healy going to become an A-lister soon? I don't think so. Only time will tell. But given the fact that you just mentioned Jack Harlow, Young Gravy being a flash in the pan, like there are also new characters to the general pop culture sphere, whereas Harry and Maddie have been around for 10 plus years. But I also, yeah, I guess. And I also feel like when new people come around, it's just always like waiting for the hat to drop. Like, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, with Jack Harlow, I feel like everyone loved him for a minute. And then, like, his newest record kind of disappointed. And also, he had that weird song about Dua Lipa. And also, they are rumored to be dating. They're maybe actually dating, which is insane and weird and feels like a twist of reality. But yeah, I mean... I'm trying to think if there's, like, anyone else people cared about that much. I just feel like Harry's, like, had a two-year streak and everyone's been obsessed with him since. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I can name more actors. I just can't name more musicians. The reason Maddie Healy is so popular, other than a nostalgia 2014 whatever 10-year thing, is that he cares about pop culture and he talks about pop culture. And he talks about the things that youth care about. And he talks about the youth and he gives his thoughts on general society so he's still really relevant in that matter people care about what he has to say in the other part of this conversation in having a i mean yes there's always been actor it boys of the month but i feel like the other part of having musician it boys of the month is the fangirlness of it all and like tiktok making being a fangirl easier and more acceptable well the thing that i find so interesting other than like it's just it's it's fun to see how a new form of social media has like changed the process of like who's allowed to be an it boy or whatever is that in the same fashion of pick me girls coming back in a new font we're also seeing the gatekeep girlies coming back in a new font of people posting being like guys stop trying to prove that maddie's not cancelable like they're gonna keep raising the ticket prices because they want to see that one song from tiktok 
And like, I know I said I'm over gatekeeping, but like, I don't want to pay more than $50 to see Maddie do his little dance. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, that's the one thing that's interesting is it's like, you can't really gatekeep an actor. Like, you can't gatekeep that sort of stuff. But like, music is always like where the gatekeeping happens. And I know, but the 1975 is too big for anyone to gatekeep them. Okay, but have you seen like... I'm, I've, I'm, I've I'm seen a, them, but I'm to not me, talking it, practically here, John. I'm just saying, like people oh. are like it's it's like it's not practical. But I'm just saying, like you're, I'm seeing constantly, even Harry content of people being like, oh, like if you don't know, like Anna, or they're like, oh, if you don't know these unreleased songs that he played during his first ever tour, then like, are you really a fan? Like, we need to gatekeep this song from the like these girlies who are just seeing him from TikTok. And it's like, shut, like, why? I just, I, I never understand, like, how, how, why that always happens, where the correlation is of being like, I can't share this. It's mine only. I remember when Harry Styles was announced for Coachella, a lot of people were talking about gatekeeping him also. I mean, number one, I just, like, it's, physically impossible when somebody's at that level so to me it's always like it, it always just read like a joke like oh haha time to get to 975 haha yeah i mean it probably is but who fucking knows i'm just like okay go off queens <laughs> it's just interesting just like seeing like what what trends pop up around when like your fave becomes seemingly everybody's fave but then again it's like if TikTok's proven anything, it's like you're just seeing what you want to see. So who really fucking knows like how popular Maddie Healy actually is right now? True. Outside of it like could just our... be that we are on 1975 bubble TikTok and <laughs> yeah. like and like that and makes everyone sense. else could not give like a shit. Or like know it's who on he is. brand for Maddie yeah. Healy to be taking over the brains of all of the people that I know. Maddie Healy yeah. is taking over the brains yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're just there. It's like the percent, like the amount of like Harry fans compared to the 1975 fans is probably like 10%. Like it, it, like Harry fans would massively outnumber 1975 fans, but it feels like everyone on the internet is just talking about (laughs) Harry, but that's just our bubble. So, I mean, I don't know for you guys listening, let us know. Are you guys on a different side of the internet than we're on? Is there a different it boy that we don't know about? I think also the funny thing is, is it's like, Sometimes when I see the girl, like the the people posting their videos of being like, oh, like I, I need to gatekeep the 1975 because they're getting too big on TikTok. And in my brain, there's like part of my brain being like, oh, come on, really? And then there's another part of my brain being like, I'm like 95% sure. The Venn diagram of like people seeing the 1975 TikToks and people who already know who the 1975 are is just a circle. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm pretty sure. Like there's probably like 5% of people who like showed up here by accident. But like I'm almost positive that like 95 percent of it is just it's just like a a circle i mean i agree (laughs) also i I, the other discourse i've seen around them and we talked about this a little like kind of on our patreon episode is like people being like all these new fans are trying to cancel maddie and they don't even know like (laughs) who's gonna tell them like maddie's not cancelable yeah i don't know so i guess the new fans do exist somewhere i mean obviously new new fans fans exist because there's like a new album etc but i think that like new i feel like it's it's less so new fans discovering him through tiktok and like new fans discovering like i don't know i feel like the new fans came from some other place maybe who fucking knows i don't yeah so i just thought like that was an interesting fun little thing for us to discuss is like i'm trying to think what the hell else happened this year but i just feel like it was just full of trauma (laughs) 
It was full of trauma. I feel like last year it was also just like so many people, so many weird couples were happening and like all this yeah. stuff. And I feel like yeah. this year, like last year, everyone was getting together. This year, this everyone year, was already together. Yeah, I'm like, where's where's like the like other than young Addison Ray's mom? Like, what what else happened? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> what else happened? The Nothing. We we didn't get any. There's so there's so little joy outside of Love on Tour this year. <laughs> I really can't remember anything pre-October. I can't. All I can think about is working ACL. I cannot think of anything. Oh my god. So 2022 was a bit of a year. I'm excited to see what 2023 has in store. Hopefully we're learning from all these lessons. Hopefully the ball does not continue to swing to the right. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I'm very, I don't know. I feel like there's enough people on our side of the fight that I that I feel some, that I'm not going into this with like a glass half empty mentality for next yeah. year. But I mean, I do think that we're all going to be like fighting the good fight, unfortunately, for a while to fix things. And hope and hopefully this episode helped open some of y'all's eyes as it did ours with connecting all the dots a la all the misogyny and all of the hate hatred, the vitriol, the misogyny, Homophobia, the anti feminism, the walking it back, the trophy wifing, the pygmy. It's all connected. It's all yeah. connected, folks. So if you guys have any thoughts and feelings about anything we discussed today, if there were other themes that you saw throughout the pop culture discourse over this year, we would love to hear what else you've noticed. Um, you can chat with us on social media. We are at Name Three Songs on all platforms. Or you can chat with Jenna or myself privately. Jenna is at Jenna underscore million on social media. And I am at Sarah underscore Fagan. So thanks for joining us this week on Name Three Songs. And until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to the 1975. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out. And leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more of anything we referenced in this episode, you can visit Visit Name3Songs.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.